Are you still doing annual performance reviews? What about employee surveys or stay interviews? Today, I'm gonna to tell you why you should stop doing them and what you should replace these efforts with to grow a culturally stronger organization. In this episode of HR Party of One, we'll discuss three popular employee evaluation tactics HR should stop using and what you can do instead to address underlying issues in your organization. Let's jump into it. Now, if you've watched previous episodes, you know how I feel about annual reviews. Annual reviews are one of the most common methods of employee performance review in the modern workplace, and it's been that way for decades. Theoretically, annual reviews are supposed to give employees a snapshot of their performance from the past year. Often, this would also be an opportunity for HR or management to offer a salary raise and present action items the employee needs to work on. However, annual reviews are woefully inadequate and have been for some time. Consider four reasons why this approach just doesn't cut it anymore. Well, there's limited opportunity for coaching. When performance is measured once every year, managers lose the ability to provide continual feedback. Modern employees, especially those who may be remote, want and need this input. The lack of consistent and real-time coaching creates room for miscommunication and lack of clarity. Employees have fewer chances to ask clarifying questions that help them better understand their goals and their career. And managers have fewer structured opportunities to offer feedback and coach to improve their performance. There's too much room for error. There may be some positive benefits that come from performance reviews, but more often than not, these evaluations result in errors that can be completely avoided. Let's look at an example. Shane's a salesman and he's performed well this year. He's hit all his sales goals and even exceeded several at the beginning of the year. However, a month before his annual review, Shane begins to struggle. He just can't seem to get any traction with any of the prospects in his pipeline. He's still in line to meet his yearly goal, but if a manager conducts an employee review during this time of year, well, they may be prone to evaluating Shane's performance on his most recent work. Recency bias. We know that recent work isn't his best, and this limitation fails to account for Shane's entire output, which can stunt his opportunity for growth and professional development. There's no accountability measure either. Without regular check-ins, employees aren't held accountable throughout the year, only during the performance reviews. The problem with this end of year accountability is that while employees might pick up the pace in the one to three months leading up to their review, they're left to their own devices the remaining nine or 10 months. How can a manager truly understand an employee's progress and in work output if they don't meet with them regularly to discuss these topics? True accountability between managers and their employees needs to be constant and consistent, not occasional and off the cuff. And then there's disappointment in reviews. Joel Spolsky, a notable software developer and author of Joel on Software, a blog, and also the founder of Trello and Stack Overflow, tells a story about a coworker who brought a tremendous amount of strategic insight to his team. This coworker helped bring out the best in other teammates, which Joel knew was invaluable to their collective performance. This is a good employee, but his code was less than average. So the coworker regularly received negative reviews from their manager because the person conducting the review failed to see the coworker's more valuable contributions. Unsurprisingly, bad reviews hurt morale a lot. On the other hand, Joel says good reviews don't impact morale or productivity at all because most people think they do good work. When this assumption is proven correct during an annual review, employees are disappointed because the feedback didn't live up to their expectations or wasn't as positive as they were expecting. Another popular tactic you should stop using in 2021 is employee surveys. Generally speaking, employee surveys are meant to assess how teammates feel about management. 
their roles on the team, and overall satisfaction. Seeking feedback from employees isn't inherently bad, but surveys present far greater risks than benefits. Let's talk through two reasons why this is the case. The first is raised expectations. By administering a survey, you're implicitly communicating that leadership is at the very least open to new ideas like wage raises or increases in PTO allotments. If this ends up not being the case, your employees are left feeling dejected, disappointed. Why'd you waste my time with a survey if you weren't going to do anything? And limited scope. Don't dedicate time and resources to building and distributing an employee survey just to receive feedback that applies to one moment in time. For example, if you sent out an employee survey during the busiest time of year, your employees may respond that they're stressed or feeling underappreciated at that time. However, if you sent the survey during a slower period, you may have completely different results. This isn't particularly helpful for anyone involved because morale often ebbs and flows, which impacts performance. You need a more well-rounded understanding of employee satisfaction throughout the year. The final tactic HR should reconsider for 2021 is stay interviews. Conducted with current employees, stay interviews involve HR asking questions covering why teammates continue working for the organization. They're billed as a tactic that involves open dialogue between managers and employees, often to identify changes that can be made to ensure stay interviews don't become exit interviews. Stay interviews may seem like great tools for retention. On some level, it makes sense, but they pose a huge risk for two different reasons. The first is an unproductive airing of grievances. If employees know stay interviews are coming up, they can coordinate their responses in the hopes that an unrealistic or impossible workplace change can take place. Maybe everyone on your team wants new computers, or, or you work in open office space and everyone wants offices. Also bottled concerns. Instead of engaging in open ongoing dialogue with managers and supervisors, people often bottle up their concerns and wait until stay interviews take place. As a result, no change happens, which leads to dissatisfaction and complaints to colleagues. See any similarities across these tactics? Once each is administered, we're left with more confusion, more disgruntled employees, and, and more work. Organizations need to invest time and energy in regular one-on-one -on -one meetings between managers and their employees. Our team believes in ongoing one-on-ones so much that we've done two HR Party of One episodes covering how they work and how HR can use them to help coach managers. I've included links to each in the episode description for quick reference. As a quick refresher, one-on-one -on -one meetings take place weekly or monthly between managers and direct reports. In these meetings, participants discuss projects they're working on, opportunities for improvement, ways in which employees are excelling, and how the, the teammates' efforts contribute toward the company's goals. The direct reports set the agenda and are encouraged to include anything they want to talk about. This continuous, concrete investment in employee development and an open communication channel is vital. It allows teammates to reflect on their project or task and follow through with improvements. Likewise, HR can assess the effectiveness of these one-on-ones by reviewing documented transcripts and even add their own input, which makes managers better coaches. If you still need convincing that one-on-ones are a worthy investment of your manager's time, consider each of the tactics we just discussed and think about how much planning and effort is specifically required of HR to administer these different evaluations. Implementing regular one-on-one -on -one meetings doesn't just save you time as an organization. This approach to feedback allows you to invest in addressing the root of all the symptoms that would make annual reviews, employee surveys, and stay interviews necessary in the first place. Instead of conducting performance reviews once per year, 
Managers can use one-on-one -on -one meetings to work alongside their direct reports to improve their performance and grow in their roles every week. Instead of sending out yearly or quarterly employee surveys, managers can assess employee satisfaction from week to week using one-on-one -on -one documentation. They can manage expectations as well as track and chart employee performance. They can do this over time instead of providing a single snapshot on a given day. And instead of conducting irregular stay interviews with current team members, managers can use one-on-ones to encourage open and honest communication with their direct reports on a regular basis. You can even add a section to your culture guide that gives employees the opportunity to add their feedback, input, or ideas to help improve the organization. We do this, and here's the language we use. Our employees are great, so they have great ideas. Given all of Bernie Portal's competing priorities, we do our best to evaluate all those ideas in an organized way so we can find and implement the best ones. If you have an idea that could make our whole team better, but you can't implement it on your own, share it with your AP and your one-on-one, -on -one, and then communicate it with OS. OS evaluates ideas like this once a year, almost always in January or February. And if an idea is selected for implementation, it's usually done on a trial basis. If it works, then you can expect a larger rollout. With this kind of outlet and a commitment to one-on-ones, you can forget about employees coordinating their grievances or bottling up concerns. And the result is that you become a good company to work for, leading to happier people and higher retention at every level of every organization. There's, there's an insatiable need for quality, growth-centric conversations, continuous feedback cycles, frequent check-ins, and ongoing coaching and career development. One-on-ones are the best approach to fulfilling that need. As you look to the new year, Reconsider your approach to employee evaluations. By dropping the irregular or short-term solutions and implementing recurring one-on-one -on -one meetings instead, you can do things like boost employee engagement, build a stronger team, reduce conflict, enhance transparency, and improve and elevate your role. And that's what HR Party of One's all about. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, I've included links to previous episodes of HR Party of One. They cover in detail how you can implement one-on-one -on -one meetings for your team and how you can use them to help coach managers. And that's it for this episode. Please remember to subscribe, ring the bell for the latest updates and new episodes. And don't forget, your job is as strategic as you make it.